This is Roy Hales with Cortez Currents, which you can also access at cortezcurrents.ca. Last April, Cortez Island became part of an international monitoring project for Dungeness crab larvae. There were 20 light trap stations in the Salish Sea and 17 in the Puget Sound. Three of these traps were within our listening area. Serge Narrow's school had a trap on Reed Island. The Hakai Institute and Quadra Island Community had another on Quadra Island. Kate Madigan and Mike Moore coordinated volunteers looking after the Friends of Cortez Island trap in Cortez Bay. Hakai and the Pacific Northwest Crab Monitoring Group are working in concert with each other to provide data as to what is happening to the larval Dungeness crab populations. It's been happening in Puget Sound for a few years. I think it's been about five years of data down there. Dungeness crab fishing is one of the most lucrative and important crab fisheries on the coast. Catches have been diminishing. This is an effort to find out why Pokai was a partner in this project. And there were many partners in this crab monitoring project. Moore explained that this first phase of the project came to an end in August. Our Cortez Bay trap had very promising results to start with. Then the warm, fresh water layer moved in. And that warm, fresh water layer is what makes desolation sound so famous and warm for swimming in. But it doesn't support marine life very well. In fact, if you jump into the water in, say, July and swim down sometimes seven meters, that's where you're going to find the moon jellyfish. They're not up in the warm, fresh water. Our trap that floats at the surface was encapsulated by this warm, fresh water, and our results really diminished. In fact, the day we caught the most didn't count. We had pulled the trap. I'd taken off the bottom and emptied it into our container to count. We were looking at the, the pipefish and the big polychaete worms and all that sort of thing, looking for crab larvae, and we didn't find any. And then Fergus, who was with me that day, he goes, what's that? And I look on the outside of the trap. And we counted, I think it was 44 Dungeness crab megalope. Those are the first ones we caught. But they didn't count because they weren't inside the trap. It's not statistically significant because it wasn't inside the trap, but for us it was pretty significant. According to the Light Station map on Hakai's Sentinels of Change website, 11 Dungeness crab megalope were caught on Quadra Island, 20 on Reed, and 74 on Cortez Island. The teams posted pictures of other larvae they captured on the Hakai website. I posted some photos that I took just with my iPhone of stubby octopuses, what we think are opalescent squid, grunt sculpins, sand sculpins, sand lance. When I took their pictures, they were in a plastic teaspoon for scale, they're all tiny. And my gosh, they're beautiful when they're small. Flatfish, which I think were probably the larvae of starry flounders. They're perfectly transparent, except for their guts and gills and eyes. A lot of these creatures are really, really transparent 
in their larval stages and then they darken up later. It was just amazing to see being at the bottom of the food chain, they need to do their best to camouflage yourself and transparency appears to be one of those ways. Morris said they do not know why the Dungeness crab population is diminishing. There are a number of theories. There's not enough adult crabs to produce enough spawn because of perhaps overfishing. The planktonic larval stages may be affected by ocean acidification and not being able to lay down their shell and grow properly. It could be temperature changes. It could be other chemical changes in the water. It could be a whole number of things that are affecting the crab population. So we set up a light trap in Cortez Bay, which turns on a LED strip light at night. All kinds of plankton and critters would be attracted to the light and find their way in through the intake funnels. And then in the morning, we would come and empty out the trap into a pan and see what we got. It was fascinating. All the lights, traps lit up all through the Salish Sea, from Georgia Strait and Puget Sound on April 15th. And the experiment went until August. The Hakai Institute held a season's end gathering on October 4th and 5th. Kate Madigan and Mike Moore attended. It was really interesting. We went over to the Hakai Institute on Quadra Island and were able to view some of the catch data. They had laid it out in terms of a graphic which showed how starting from Juan de Fuca Strait and through the Puget Sound, the larvae showed up earlier in the season and then they worked their way up the east coast of Vancouver Island and swirled around into Quadra and Cortez Island and then down the mainland coast towards Vancouver. The next phase of the project will be trying to determine the route. Whether those larvae were coming into our waters from populations off the west coast of Vancouver Island and Washington State and being flushed in with the tides or how they were moving, that's some of the next research to be done. They're going to be starting to do genetics research on the larval crabs to see if they can identify different populations and where the larvae are coming from. One of the things I was extremely interested in was in the mid-1980s, I worked on a commercial fish boat out of Port Hardy, and we fished crab through the Broughton Archipelago. Apparently, none of those larvae that are being produced in the Broughton Archipelago actually flush down Johnstone Strait and Discovery Passage into our area. Apparently, it's coming from the Juan de Fuca Strait, Puget Sound area. There's a tremendous amount of learning to be done here. And these larval traps are just a data point in that. You talk about the flush of the larvae. I'm just wondering how far do they travel? Oh my gosh, I have no idea about that. We are catching them at what's known as the megalope stage. They are already months old and they've already been drifting as smaller larvae in the ocean. This is stuff that just trying to get a grasp on, and they'll do that through 
genetics. If they look at the DNA sequencing of a larvae that's caught in Cortez Island, and they may find that it is the same population as what Tofino has or something like that. How far they go as a larvae is completely different than how far they'll go as an adult too. I don't know if anybody really knows how they migrate. The adults definitely migrate up into the shallows off of Hernando Island. And I would suspect traditionally off of Marina Island, all those sand ecologies and eelgrass ecologies, they would migrate up into there to mate in early summer, say May, June, you can find them in the shallows, but in the wintertime, they go much deeper. I don't know how deep. Moore was hired by BC Ferries in June, and most of his work has been off-island since then. However, his partner Kate, son Fergus, and a number of neighbors are all involved in the project. We started the project before I actually got the job with Ferries, so it was a big scramble. Fortunately, Kate's really excited about this project as well. She used to work with fisheries and she's done monitoring projects before. And uh, it was always fun to bring Fergus and I know other people brought their kids out to see what was going on in the light trap. We had a really good backup, Barry and Carrie Saxifrage, naturalists and, and life and science enthusiasts. They were there to back us up when they were able. The trap was actually kept at a private dock and when they were around the owners they were really excited to help out as well sadhu helped out savannah who's teaching the cortez island academy right now she helped out so through it all we were able to do that you've been listening to an interview with mike moore about the dungeness crab larvae monitoring project in cortez bay this is roy hales with cortez currents goodbye <laughs>